Welcome back, rich girls and boys, to the Rich Girl Roundup weekly discussion of The Money with Katie Show. I'm your host, Katie Gaddy Tossan, and every Monday morning, we discuss a relevant money topic a little more casually than we do in our Wednesday deep dives. Here's a quick message from the sponsors of this segment. Before we get into it, this week's upcoming main episode is about my experience being alcohol-free for over a year. And at first you might think, uh, but Katie, what does that have to do with money? But the experience has been surprisingly illuminating, and my takeaways have had a lot of financial applications. All right, on to the roundup. Hannah, how are we doing today? I'm good. It's bonus week here at Morning Brew and Money with Katie, which is very fitting. So this week's question came from rich girl Elisa. What should I do with a year-end bonus? Should I still apply the same savings debt fund ratio I use for my standard pay? Or what are the other factors that should determine what it's used for? So Katie, I believe you have a fun fact you'd like to start us off with. Yes, I do have a fun fact. Always have a fun fact about bonuses. Uh, There is a widely held misconception that your bonus is taxed more than your regular income. Now, this is partially true, partially false, because depending on how your bonus is paid out, whether as a standalone bonus check or if it gets lumped into your regular payroll, your bonus might have a flat withholding rate that's higher than you're accustomed to. It's, I believe, 22%. But that doesn't actually mean you're paying more in taxes on it. It's just that more is going to be withheld up front. So you may see some of that coming back to you as a refund in April, depending on how the rest of your taxes shake out. But I always think that that's a fun one because I hear that a lot, surprisingly, that like, oh, bonuses are taxed at such a higher rate. But it's not true. They're still still wages. So they're taxed like wages. Gotcha. Okay. That's really helpful to know for when my bonus comes in this week. So to me, I feel like I can answer this question. Do you see your bonus as part of your total compensation and budget planning for the year? Or do you perceive this as truly unexpected money? And I feel like, Katie, that would be within the vein that you would also recommend. So what do you think about your personal protocol for like how you would handle a bonus? Yes, I agree. I think bonuses, there are a couple different things. So bonuses that I'm expecting and or that I consider part of my total compensation as I conceive of it at the beginning of the year. So let's say I know that, oh, I typically get a 20% bonus. If I know that that's coming, I would tend to spend 10% of the gross value Mm guilt-free, then save the rest. Whereas if it's an unexpected amount that comes from doing like an extra project or taking on extra work, for example, I had a book advance that was extra work that was not part of my like expected compensation and I used part of it to buy a car. So for those types of amounts that are unexpected or like really quote unquote special, we'll say, I think that that I would be more inclined to like apply some of it to a splurge, Mm -hmm. but I always will save some of it. Like I, I don't think I've ever or whatever just like blow the entire thing on like party and bullshit, but that's just me. What about you? I agree. I think that I generally like to save part of it. So I feel like I'm doing the responsible thing before I go enjoy something. So I think you remember, we talked about this a little bit back in the summer, I got a mid-year bonus, which was really nice because I wasn't expecting that at the outset. And I used part of it to 
buy a Chanel bag that I had always wanted and I had waited a long time to buy. And that felt like a very worthwhile milestone. And then I also had saved a sizable amount, like I think one or $2,000 towards a 401k. So it felt like I was doing both the responsible and the splurgy thing. But I agree with you that generally if I know that it's coming, so for the year-end bonus, that is kind of part of our regular compensation, I usually apply the same savings debt fund ratio that I would for standard pay. With the caveat, I guess two caveats. One is if I had really high interest debt, I'd probably prioritize making a dent in that, especially if the amount that I'm going to net after taxes is really sizable and could make a big dent in the overall amount. Or if I've hit my financial goals for the year, then I'd probably feel a little bit more likely to splurge a little. What do you think? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think that brings up something else here, which is I think generally it depends on where you are in your financial journey. Mm-hmm. So if if you're just starting out, I would probably say go use that bonus to supercharge some progress, either making one big one-time contribution to the investment account or knocking out a sizable portion of debt. Like Use it to do something that's going to drive you forward in some way. Whereas to your point, if you have already met your financial goals for the year, if like, hey, even at a high level, you're already at Coast Fi. So that means you would not actually have to invest another dollar to be retirement ready come age 59 and a half. Then I would be a lot more liberal probably with how I treat extra income. Yeah. How do you calculate Coast Fi for people who are curious? Yeah. So Coast Fi, the easiest way to check is plug your current invested assets. So if you are 30 years old and you have $100,000 invested, plug that into a compounding returns calculator and then assume 6 or 7%, we'll say, annual returns, and then plug in the number of years until your desired retirement date. So you're effectively trying to figure out what is the money that I've already invested going to grow to by the time I'm going to retire and see then what that spits out take 4% of that number and go, is that enough to live on based on my desired lifestyle? And you can ignore inflation because you're using a lower rate of return at 6 or 7%. But if, for example, you have enough invested such that you plug it in 40, you know, 35 years down the line, and it's like, oh, that's going to end up being 2 million bucks and that's 80K in today's dollars. And I assume my retirement lifestyle is going to cost 60. Okay, cool. Like even if I didn't invest another dollar, I have already done, quote unquote, enough. And so I think you can be a little bit more loosey-goosey with bonus income. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I think that's a great point. I also guess I would love to know your thoughts on, so say across the company, everybody gets a flat bonus versus a performance-based bonus or something that was like a really tough year. Do you feel a little bit differently about that and feeling like, okay, you feel like you've earned it a little bit more or you feel like, I worked so hard towards this. I'm going to go enjoy it a little bit more. I think that would probably be a point in the category of leaning more toward the splurge. But I also, I think in general, like that to me would probably end up being more in that truly unexpected. If it was something that was like performance-based that you earned over and above and beyond like what you were expecting, then to me that kind of falls into that category of like, okay, it was potentially more unexpected and you might be a little bit more liberal with it, especially because I kind of like the idea of celebrating those milestones. I just think there's a nice balance to strike between celebrating them, but also not, I don't want to use the word blowing it, but like 
can you celebrate it by also doing something for future you too, so that you're not having to continue to work 20 years down the line? Yeah, that makes sense. And then I think we got some interesting emails and questions recently that we thought we'd introduce a new little segment about. So do you want to explain what our new ask is? Yes. Okay. So my last ask for this episode is we were inspired by some of the more hilarious questions that we received for this next round of Rich Girl Roundup. We want to hear your craziest money stories. So wild things that you have witnessed your rich neighbor do, bad behavior you've observed, maybe you name it. Basically, send us the financial tea or otherwise interesting anecdotes. And we will obviously keep things anonymized, but we're going to start trying to include some of the more interesting tales in Rich Girl Roundup. To be honest, my identity theft story is kind of a perfect example of this. Yeah, it also reminds me of the story we talked about a few weeks ago for hosting on a budget in that Rich Girl Roundup where a woman was attending Thanksgiving across the country. And then days before she was going to leave, she received a spreadsheet from her host asking her what meal she was going to bring. And she was like, um, I'm traveling across the country. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of the ridiculousness that we all experience in daily life. I think in some ways, the questions that we receive are often inspired by things like that. Like, oh, how do I handle a situation where this happens? But I don't know. I just think it would be fun. So if you have any wild money tales to tell, hit us up. We'll just have you email moneywithkatie at morningbrew.com. And you can tell us your craziest stories. And like I said, we'll keep everything anonymous. But that is all for this week's Rich Girl Roundup. And I'll see you on Wednesday to reflect on a year plus of sobriety. Sobriety.